That's this Saturday, June 11th at 10 a.m. in Jennings, Louisiana. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more game time, more first times, more crunch time, more face time, and more party time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. We don't want you on our team. You're too slow and fat. This is weight bias. I'm worried about your weight. Don't you care what other people think? Millions who live and are affected by obesity face weight bias every day. You're not the right fit for this job. Unfair judgment by others. Just stop eating so much and exercise some. You lose all this weight. These people often blame themselves. It's just me. Nobody likes me. I do exercise and eat right. And I talk to my doctor. Weight bias hurts. Everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Your words and actions matter. Let's stop weight bias. Let's work together. Be part of the solution. Go to StopWeightBias.com and learn more. A public service message from Obesity Action Coalition. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hour number three we go here on a Friday. Jack Benjamin filling in for Gus. Hope you are having a great Friday. Weather's getting a little bit better here in La Rose in our ESPN Radio New Orleans studios. Busy show so far. Talking Saints and Pelicans. NBA Finals game four coming up tonight. And we got the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs still going on right now. My New York Rangers are in all kinds of trouble. My next guest is certainly happy about that, I would think. Leo Haggerty from It's Sports Magazine covers the Bucks in the NFC South, but he's down in uh, Tampa country, home of the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champs. Leo, first time we've chatted, but I'm just uh, taking a wild guess here that you're a pretty happy camper and uh, folks around there are pretty happy today after what you did to my Rangers last night at MSG. Stick a fork in the Rangers, Jackson. They're done, buddy. <laughs> it's a, and it's a shame uh, for Rangers fans because New York was up two zip. They were up two zip in game three. And all of a sudden, Vasilevsky figured out, okay, that's it. You're done. And uh, he has done this for the past 13 series, which is crazy. He just did. He gets in the zone. And you think he was good last night. In elimination games, he is super good. He's had like five shutouts, so it's a, it's going to be it's a long road to hoe for the for the red and blue now showing up in Tampa on the, you know Saturday. Yeah, you don't have to remind me. I, I know uh, I know exactly what we're up against. Andre Palat scores the uh, decider. It's uh, it hasn't been too fun from my perspective watching uh Mikhail Sergachev turned into Wayne Gretzky here over the past couple of games. What'd he go? I think 40 playoff games without a goal, and now he's got back-to-back. He went two months without a goal this season, and he, and he scores a goal in back-to-back games. And I think the biggest credit I have for you to Vasilevsky, not just that save that he made on Lindgren, which was unbelievable in the third period, but he's made Igor Shosturkin look relatively average, which Shesterkin is not. He's been sensational this year, but Vasilevsky, is, is, he's on a different kind of level. We got nine goals on him in those first two games, but it kind of felt like in game two he figured it out a little bit, and he's been lights out. I, I give the guy credit, but uh, I, I will say this. We did miss a wide-open one. Ryan Strom, he's got to put that thing home. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know what? what? What people aren't taking into consideration is the lightning were off nine days. They disposed of Florida in four, and the Rangers went through that, you know, two seven-game just uh, wars with Pittsburgh and, and then with Carolina. And uh, it's starting to look like the Rangers are just a little bit tired. And, you know, the Tampa Bay was a little rusty coming in, and 
going into New York, and then uh, all of a sudden, you know, the, <laughs> that rest is starting to pay off. Uh, in, in Game Four, the Rangers had no jump; they had no spark. And I figured, okay, fine, they'll go back to to uh, Madison Square Garden. But you know, Jackson, I'm thinking this: the Rangers are just giving Tampa Bay too much respect. I mean, just go at them. You know, put pucks on net. That, that's the big thing. Speaking here with Leo Haggerty from It's Sports Magazine, covers the Tampa Bay Bucks and the uh, NFC South, and of course the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time reigning Stanley Cup champs. I know our audience here in New Orleans isn't uh, isn't too interested in hockey because we don't have a team over here, but I, I happen to be from an area that's got one. Let, let's switch gears over to football. It seems like it's been a pretty eventful week over at a Bucks minicamp. Um, Main headline that I'm looking at, and I'm always a guy looking for drama, so forgive me on that, but when you're from New York, I think you're uh, you're kind of built that way. Tom Brady, he's back, um, and uh, right away gets asked about <laughs> what what happened in the offseason. His, what was it, a, a 40-day retirement in total, got a nice little vacation with Giselle, thought things over, and uh, he's back. I, I was joking earlier, I would have had the over-under around 20 days, so I'm impressed he got to 40. Um, gets asked about the Dolphins' Leo, and basically says he doesn't deny it at all. What's your take on what his response was in terms of him and Stephen Ross discussing that plot to get him over to the Dolphins and potentially Sean Payton going over there, which seems like it had a very real possibility until the Brian Flores suit went down? You know what, Jackson? In looking at this from 30,000 feet, okay, I wouldn't be surprised if Brady would come out of retirement and go somewhere else. Now, understand this. He hasn't signed an extension. This is just the year. And if you can remember back when Brady talked about the, you know, coming out, they asked Bruce Arians. He said, yeah, he can play somewhere else. It's going to cost you three number one. And all of a sudden, that put the kibosh on anything of him going there for any playing purposes. But uh, I, I just think... You know, Tom sat at home, and he I don't think he's the kind of guy that can sit there and do jigsaw puzzles and crossbones. He, he's got to have something to, to challenge him. And the way the Bucks went out last year, I think that just ate at him, ate at him. Okay, I got I got to do better than that. So I, I think that's what it was. And was there truth to the Miami? I, I think there probably was. It was just probably at the very – you know, mediocre, very low stage. I don't think it was a – I think it may have been, okay, uh, it, it was a quid pro quo. If we, I come, do you think Sean Payton would come? I think there was a lot of speculation and innuendo, but uh, nothing really concrete. I'll say this as an, opinionate, as an opinionated guy. I have so much respect for Tom Brady, the football player. I have so much respect for Tom Brady, the mind I think that guy is as calculated as any athlete on that level has ever been. I guarantee you that those, whatever the, the official 40 days of retirement plus the, the end of the season and after the regular season wrapped up, I, I think that, that might have been pretty far down the works, but I'll, uh, I'll defer to you on this. You're, you're around the team and, um, they also talked to him about the rift with Bruce Arians and he denied all of that. And in terms of Todd Bowles, tell me right now, um, just kind of looking at, Bowles taking over and in, in that relationship with Tom Brady and sort of the vibe around the team right now and that shift. I know it was interesting hearing Tom Brady talking about it and de- denying all accusations of there being that kind of riff with Bruce Arians. What's your take on all that? I, I tell you what, it's it, I don't think any quarterback and, and head coach has the you know the lovey dovey hundred percent. There was probably some some points where and. and, and Bruce is a, is a stand up guy. He's you know he's going to tell you how he feels, and Brady's going to do the same thing. Wait, really? I thought uh, I thought Brady and Belichick got along perfectly for twenty years. <laughs> well, because Brady, Brady didn't say a word, and, and you know he he came down here and Arian said, "Look, hey, you got something to say? Say it." And uh, I I think that's how the things worked out. But we went through this in Tampa, just the opposite, back in the early two thousands when. Gruden came in, took over the offense, and Monty Kiffin just – Gruden didn't even know where the defensive room was. Monty Kiffin handled that. I think you're going to see the same thing, that uh, Todd Bowles is going to go to Byron Leftwich and say, hey, you and Tom figure it out. Uh, I, I'm going to take care of the defense. And uh, I, it, it's probably going to be like two teams. 
with, with a head coach and, a, and, and like a, a, a vice president head coach uh, of the offense. Because I, I think Todd knows that it's in very capable hands with the with left, which again, this is this is a team that uh, went in and you know take away the Saints. I don't know what mojo the Saints have over the Bucks, but uh, in the regular season, it, it's like you know, <laughs> how do we beat these guys? And they can't seem to do it. But other than that, you know, you're talking about a team that won the Super Bowl. You're talking about a team that got to, you know one step away from the NFC Championship game. So it's, it's the, the, the pieces of the puzzle are there. There may be a few out, and Chris Godwin is really one of the question marks because we still don't know how bad that knee surgery's been. So, uh, you know, you got Odell Beckham. He may not be back until Christmas. And uh, I'm thinking if they get Chris Godwin back before November, it's a plus. Speaking here with Leo Haggerty of It's Sports Magazine covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Saints, as he's mentioned, have been uh, pretty dominant with head-to-head in the regular season. You beat me right to the point on, on Chris Godwin. I was reading about his recovery from the ACL injury suffered late in the season. Uh, no timetable, as he mentioned right now. So I think Saints fans are curious. With the defense they've got and the guys they're bringing back, and there's all kinds of excitement about a, a few of the younger guys in the secondary, the Elante Taylors, and, and different guys that are going to uh, try to do their thing against Tom Brady and see what they can do to contain him again in those two games played in the regular year. What are the Bucks looking at? Apart from Godwin's return, who are the guys you're hearing? Obviously, Scotty Miller's there. We know that name. But any other receivers? I know Gronk is, is still kind of deciding. Seems like he's hasn't made up his mind, but leaning towards retirement and staying out. What's the latest on how that offense is going to look and who the Saints might be facing? Well, you're going to see Mike Evans, and you're going to see a steady diet of Mike Evans. Think about this. Eight years in a row, he's been a 1,000-yard receiver plus. And there are only like one or two guys in their entire career who have put together nine games, nine years of 1,000-plus yards. He's done it eight straight, right out as a rookie. And, and again, it's like a basketball team with the Bucks. You know, you got Evans. If Gronk comes back... you know, you got the guy six five, six seven, and uh, it's it's a lot of big targets there. But uh, I, I I believe that the Bucks want to run the football a little bit more because Jackson, you've been around the game long enough to know that when a quarterback goes south, they go south in a hurry, and when a forty five year old quarterback goes south, he's not going to go south in a hurry. He's going to go south, and it's going to be the express lane. And that's what they're afraid of. They got to keep this guy upright. And Tristan Wirtz had a great comment. You know, I asked him, I said, what did Brady tell you when you first showed up and you're the rookie right tackle? He said, don't let him come quick and don't let him come inside. You take care of that and I'll be fine. And again, uh, you're not going to see Brady stand there and take a lot of hits. If he sees pressure, he's going down. He's waving the white flag quick because he wants to play another play. I can tell you as a uh, New York Giants fan, in addition to being a New York Rangers fan, you know things have, as you can calculate, things haven't been great for me when you add in the, the Knicks as well. But uh, when we did not select Tristan Wirfs in 2020, that was a uh, that was a pretty big disappointment for me to not get him. You know, that Jackson, it, 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 it's a disappointment when he jumped out of the pool, and I know you saw this video. We're talking about a 320 pound in- man. Incredible. Jumping 36 inches out of the water. Yep. As a former scout, that checks explosiveness, that checks athleticism, and that checked in one-two for me. How three offensive tackles went in front of him was beyond me. I, I, I don't know where anybody was looking at that. but yep. And plus, he was the heavyweight champion wrestler in the state of Iowa. Now, we're not talking about New Mexico here. We're not talking about New Jersey here. We're talking about Iowa, where it's important. But uh, you know what, Jackson? Uh, you're from New York. I'm an Eagles fan. Think about this. If it wasn't for the Giants and the Eagles, Tom Brady would have 10 Super Bowls. That, that's true. That's that's the one thing I've got to hang my hat on at all times, and I, I remind whoever I can constantly. I've got a couple of, couple of guys from Boston especially. And, Jackson, i got to <laughs> ask you this question real quick. Eli Manning, Hall of Fame or not? I think he is. I, I think he is, too. I think you have to, in a sport where championships are valued so heavily for the greatest quarterback of all time in everybody's eyes in Tom Brady, I don't know how you don't value 
two Super Bowl MVPs and two incredible playoff runs. Hey, I gotta, I gotta let you go here, Leo. We're, uh, I believe we can maybe try to do it again on Monday, but, uh, hey, it was good talking to you. I know Gus will, uh, be happy to chat with you next week as well, but appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. All right. Hey, you have a great weekend. Great talking to you, Jackson. Thanks so much. That's Leo Haggerty from It's Sports Magazine covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to talk some more Saints when we come back. Marlon Favorite joining us, talking everything on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe a little offense as well against Saints OTAs. Wrapped up week three. Mini camp mandatory next week. Tuesday, Wednesday open to the public. We'll get into that. Up next on the Sports Hangover, Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill here on a Friday on ESPN Radio New Orleans. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Ontario, Douay, Ontario. More than just an insurance company, they're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin cruisers, sailboats, or marine industry, you can trust Terrio Douay Ontario to get you the coverage you need at a price you deserve for your home, your auto, life, fire, and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Terrio Douay Ontario at 475-5126. Just ask for Lynn Pierce or David O. along Bayou Lafouche in Golden Meadow. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. Welcome to Allstate, where you can save just by being you. DriveWise and the Allstate mobile app gives you personalized driving feedback. And by adding it to your policy, you can save for driving safe just by being yourself. Allstate. Here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Not available in every state. Savings based on DriveWise and other safe driving discounts. Savings vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Well, you don't have Gus, but you got me, Jack Benjamin, in for Gus here on a Friday. He's at a graduation for his nephew over in Vermont. Has had some unbelievable trials and tribulations getting over there, but he has uh, thankfully arrived safely. Gus will be back next week, but I've uh, done everything I can. As they say in Wolf of Wall Street, the show goes on, and that means the guests go on. Tried to keep it as consistent as I possibly could, and that means this next guy's coming on, as he does every Monday and Friday. Marlon Favorite, former LSU D-Tackle, won a natty in 2007 with them inside the Trenches podcast is his. Marlon, good to chat with you for the first time. I've uh, I've listened to you a bunch. Big fan of your work and what you do, what you do. Uh, how's everything going for you on this Friday? Well, just thanks, man. Uh, everything's going pretty good. Uh, my, my oldest son just started prep academy, and he just uh, popped up because they had a little weekend off. <laughs> so uh, I'm doing pretty good this Friday, man. Going to spend some time in Baton Rouge, and uh, hey, man, just loving life. Hello, somebody. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, let's get into it right away with uh, Saints OTAs. Week three is officially in the books. They had media availability yesterday. Mandatory mini camp now is around the corner. I was listening to you a little bit uh, last week in, in your comments on the defense and the D line, specifically what you were seeing. Any kind of new developments in your mind worth keeping an eye on as we approach this uh, final week, in a sense, before we uh, break a little bit prior to training camp in July? Anything that caught your eye over these last couple of days? Well, the main thing that caught my eye was how athletic and, and, and such a good addition that Jarvis Landry is. I saw on the Saints' Twitter that showed his tiptoe pass uh, catch, I meant to say. Little things like that does keep me a, a bit excited. Just, just for the simple fact of 
last year that was just such an area of concern that we struggled with, the wide receiver position. It's only right um, that we have a guy like that and highlight it. So I think overall that that part has been something that really stood out to me um, in this minicamp week. I think it's been so huge to see Jarvis Landry out there doing juice-like things and, and what folks in, like you and Baton Rouge got accustomed to seeing over his time there and obviously the joy he's playing with and all that, but also kind of the way that he solidifies things, right? He's around a younger guy now he can mentor, and he's talked about it in Chris Olave bringing him under his wing, and it also kind of... Um, I, I guess settles things down in a sense when there are some concerns still about Michael Thomas. Dennis Allen talked about the availability of MT moving forward. We can get into that in a second. But what's your take on Jarvis Landry and the leadership he's provided to this team and kind of giving them that extra boost that maybe hasn't always been there with some of the guys who have been missing in OTA so far? I think from that perspective, Jarvis has been huge for this team. I mean, you have a guy that saw so much success in regards to individual Achievement, going to the Pro Bowl, being one of the, considered one of the top receivers in the league at times. And we saw how it was with him and Odell Beckham when they were on the team together. So you can't help but imagine what it would look like with a health, healthy Michael Thomas, uh, Chris Olivier now on the team running smooth as, as Jameis says, smooth and cool as the other side of the blanket. <laughs> and, and then of course, uh, you, you most definitely have Traquan Smith coming back, and the receiving core just looks complete. And Jarvis has a role. I mean, this is a prolific offense-type deal. He, he didn't have that in, in Cleveland. Um, in Miami, they were trying to figure it out. I think he's excited not only to be home and play for the home team, but to be a part of a prolific offense. And I think that's something he's uh, excited about more than anything else. Chatting here with Marlon Favorite, former LSU defensive tackle, won a national title with them in 07. He hosts the Inside the Trenches podcast and comes on here on the Sports Hangover every Monday and Friday to talk Saints and uh, everything else around football, pro, and college level. I know you and Gus went into the defense last week and specifically the D-line. wanted to ask you a little bit. I, I know a bunch of storylines out of these OTAs the last couple of weeks have been the corners, the safeties, the secondary, what's going on. Obviously, there's question marks around Marcus May, the return from his Achilles injury, and whether there might be a suspension involved as well. But, you know, I look at that safety spot, and you go from Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams to now moving in, and Tyron Matthew, obviously May will be in the mix, and then you got other guys like a C.J. Gardner-Johnson, J.T. Gray. What's your take on that safety spot right now, and, and sort of some storylines maybe we can look forward to at minicamp next week. Well, some, something that I that I really looked at with that secondary, it's not just your typical. Hey, they look good on paper secondary. I think these guys are a good fit. I think you have a group of players that are a combination of young and old, but not too old. Tyron just making thirty. Let's say this two three weeks ago. Um, you have Marcus Mays. He's in his early twenties. You have a young team. Uh, CJ. Uh, Chauncey Gardner, he's young. Michonne, he's young. It, when you have that good combination of a young secondary but with enough experience, I mean, let's blink our eyes and look back to 2013 and 14. Look how young and talented that Seattle Seahawks secondary was. The Saints have that same potential to make that type of impact. So I, I think in the grand scheme of things, the secondary – um, is it is it one of those secondaries that just looks good on paper? I, I do think that this team will will have some chemistry and uh, will be a good fit together. That's a really good cop with that Legion of Boom secondary and what they had. And people think about obviously Sherman and Cam Chancellor, and you go down the line with Earl Thomas, just top to bottom in that secondary. They were so good. At the corner spot, too, Lattimore is a known commodity. You know, people forget last year at this point. Um, that it really wasn't a sure thing in terms of Volante Taylor and the way that he developed and, and came along. But um, you got a guy, and I should I should say a Paulson Adibo last year, and, and the way that he came along at, at being a, a third rounder out of Stanford. But uh, now you bring in Volante Taylor, the rookie from Tennessee. It seems like that's a spot that could have some nice depth too.
Looks like we may have uh, dropped the connection there briefly. We'll see if we can get. Uh, Hello, somebody. The weather's not going to stop us today, baby. I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just 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 making just making sure you still got us. No, I, I was I was tr- I was just trying to ask you there, Marlon. Um, j- just about the corner spot. Lattimore, obviously being a known commodity, and then you got a guy in um. You know, a guy in Adebo who last year came along, and, and, you know, at this point last year, people probably forget he wasn't a true number two corner. What's your take on having Adebo, having Taylor, and maybe some nice depth at that corner spot? Adebo is ready, man. I, I do think he's a starter in our league. Uh, Alante Taylor, when I tell you this guy is going to get playing time and not for sure a lot on special teams, because he, he brings that aggressiveness you want from a a defensive, a defensive back. You know, he, he, he comes up, make tackles really well in the open field. He can cover, um, played in the SEC. So you played against basically top tier talent, NFL talent. I mean, he's ready. He's a steal. If you ask me, he's, he's probably, uh, I mean, outside of, uh, of, of getting our first two first round draft picks, here's a guy that I think is going to play in his league a long time. So good deal by bringing in, um, Alante Taylor from Tennessee. A lot of Tennessee got a couple of Tennessee guys on the team right now. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're speaking here with uh, a guy in Marlon Favor Favorite who knows all about uh, Saints football, former LSU defensive tackle, and uh, hosts the Inside the Trenches podcast. Joins here Mondays and Fridays on the Sports Hangover. One thing I did want to get into with you, um, Arch Manning. I don't know if you saw. Looked uh, pretty good at the LSU seven on seven camp. Curious, you're uh, you're taking this guy consensus number one recruit in the uh, 2023 cycle. Obviously, Arch over at Newman High School. Folks around here are so familiar with him, and we know uh, what it would mean to, if, if he were uh, you know a guy who ends up somehow at LSU. And Brian Kelly will do his thing. What, what's your take on uh, Arch right now, and what you're seeing out of him in, in kind of his early process? Oh, I watched Arch as a freshman, um, as an incoming eighth grader playing a spring game against uh, Archbishop Shaw a few years ago, and he's every. I, I do think eventually he's going to be the best man, and I know evolution says that a lot of times because I mean, because over time things get better. But what I noticed in Arch, and I didn't get a chance to, um, I heard he did well at the LSU camp, but just watching him over the years, you have a, a kid, essentially a kid who gets it right. You have three, not just two, but three generations of, of Mannings before him that won Super Bowls and played in the NFL or Hall of Famers as his grandpa and his uh, and his uncle and his uncle. He's he's just a ready kid. I, I think when you when you run into a kid that has that amount of pedigree and has the skill set to do it, the only one thing I will worry about with Arch, and it's not nothing major, it's a it's a it comes from Newman, right? And the level of competition that he plays against isn't always at a high level, right? So I would love to see Arch against uh, Edna Carr or, you know, go against a Coach Hank Tierney defense. Just just give him a different collegiate look. I think the skills are there, but it's just the, the playing at Newman, not saying that that district isn't, uh, isn't a, a pretty competitive district. Shouts out to Coach Stewart over at Newman, but you know, it, it's not going against John Eric type talent, Edna Carr, uh, Warren Easton. So, so those are some of the things I want to see him go against more four or five star talent, um, with the pads on. So, but I don't think that's a big deal. I mean, this kid's going to be a superstar. He is a superstar. That is Marlon Favorite. You can follow him at BigFave504 on Twitter as well. Marlon, appreciate you joining me, man. Great to talk for the first time and have a great weekend. Man, thanks for talking to you too, Jack. Man, you have a great weekend. And uh, y'all make sure y'all go check out the Hello Somebody video, man. Jam this weekend out, baby. (laughs) Make sure you all go do it for sure. Always uh, good to have Marlon on here on the Sports Hangover. Coming up, we got a little more NBA Finals talk. We've actually got the voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio, Mark Kestisher. He'll join us after this. It's the Sports Hangover. Jack Benjamin in for guest Cattengill on a Friday on ESPN Radio New Orleans. At Boost Mobile, you get the power of the iPhone SE when you switch, which means... 
the power to stream your favorite shows. Download all the music. The power to FaceTime your ex. It's over. Stop calling me. On second thought, don't call your ex. Get an iPhone SE for just $19.99 when you switch. All on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Phone offer limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. 5G not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com for details. And stop calling your ex. She doesn't want to hear from you anymore. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities. Victory over setbacks. Victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind, it cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. I've seen in our employees an increase in knowledge and skills that they'll take within their whole career. The income to orbit training program is a player led. They select the training, they select the employees they want to be trained. Uh, when they've gone through the program, their skill sets improve, their confidence in their ability to do their job, and the opportunities then to advance in, in the company. Learn more at laworks.net slash IWTP. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Let's hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. On this Friday, Jack Benjamin filling in for Gus. So glad to have you along for the ride here on ESPN Radio in New Orleans. Big thanks to Marlon Favorite for joining us in the last segment, talking some Saints, week three of OTAs, wrap it up. And tonight, right here on ESPN Radio New Orleans, you can get game four of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio this was how the end of Game 3 sounded, at least one of the key plays down the stretch of Game 3. Pass to the corner, Smart in his pocket, shoots for three and buries a big one with five minutes to go. Jason Tatum performing like a superstar. Ninth assist for Tatum, third three for Smart, the lead is 14. We are very fortunate to be joined by the man who made that call in Mark Kestitcher, the radio voice, radio play-by-play voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio, 19th Finals. He has worked for the network, 6th in the play-by-play capacity. Pre-game coverage for an 8 o'clock tip starts at 7, Kevin Winter and Ross Gold on Woody, and then Mark Doris Burke and Monica McNutt have the call from TD Garden. Mark, uh, great to talk to you, man. I uh, know we've uh, been trying to uh, get this sorted out and get you on. I-, I know on a game day for me, calling a game on radio, it's tough to do a radio show, too. I, I appreciate you making it happen. How is everything on your end? Jack, I, I appreciate it, and that's one of the uh, the fun parts of the finals is realizing there's so many great ESPN radio affiliates around the country and we try to talk to as many of them as possible. So uh, uh, we spread it around our, our crew of it feels like uh, thousands out there. And I'm glad that I got a chance to speak with you and our uh, fine friends in New Orleans. Well, I certainly appreciate you taking the time, Mark. You you know I've told you this, but I think you are uh, the absolute best in the business and uh, do just play-by-play at the highest level. I've always got a notebook out listening to you, so uh, it's a uh, it's a true treat to have you on here. Hey, 116-100 Game 3 win for the Celtics, 2-1 series lead. I look at the way that this thing plays out and has played out so far. I think a lot of people will say the same. The Celtics just look like they're imposing their will at a force level that the Warriors maybe just didn't expect or they're not ready for. But if adjustments seemingly aren't made in a big way, Mark, this thing's going to be 3-1 headed back to San Francisco. What's your take on the way that Game 3 played out and why the Celtics have this 2-1 series lead? You know, Jack, I agree with you. I came into this series... You know, before game one was asked a lot, you know, what I thought, who has momentum, who might win the whole thing. And, you know, I was, I was on the Warriors side. I had done the Western Conference finals. I saw how they took care of Dallas. Maybe they, you know, got fortunate. They didn't have to face the number one team in the conference, Phoenix. They got picked off by the Mavs in the round prior. But, you know, I always left 
Uh, I always try to leave a little bit of uh, escape for myself and my picks. And I said, the one thing I need to know about Boston is if Robert Williams III is healthy at center because he's such a game-changer and was such a game-changer for Boston in January when they went from 11th place in the East and ended up finishing second, swept Brooklyn, you know the rest of the story from there. And although he has not been uh, looking 100% throughout this championship, uh, there's no doubt he was at his best in Game 3, and that's a problem for Golden State. And that's a long way to, to try to answer the question and say the Warriors are in a little bit of trouble here. Uh, this, is a, this is a tough spot for them tonight. They're going to need to make some big defensive adjustments. Uh, Steve Kerr, uh, who we have a great relationship with, you know, over his eight years, the great success he's had at the Bay Area. You know, not that he looked sullen or worried, but he definitely was unhappy with how his team played defense, I'm sure. Uh, you know, Draymond Green not being able to impact anything in Game 3 was concerning for him, and they're going to need that. They're, uh, look, Draymond got a huge leash in Game 2, you know, for anyone who listened, and certainly uh, for all those who watched, they saw him push the envelope, and he was allowed to, and that changed the course of the game, you know, whether it was, you know, outside the rules or within the confines of the rules, you know, that's kind of what Golden State's going to need to do. They are, as the coaches like to say, going to need to feel them. Golden State's going to need to do that against Boston tonight. And also hope that, you know, maybe Robert Williams' knee doesn't feel as good as it felt in the second half in Game 3. Um, and that Steph Curry's foot and ankle doesn't feel adverse, you know, to what we saw in the fourth quarter when he hobbled off after having Al Horford roll up on him. Speaking with Mark Kestisher, the radio play-by-play voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio's sixth NBA Finals he has called. He's been on 19 for the network overall. You hit upon a ton of what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, Robert Williams, his stat line, Mark, was just incredible in Game 3. 26 minutes, he was a plus 21 game high, 8 points, 10 rebounds, 3 on the offensive glass. So you hit upon his knee and what he's doing and playing through it. Flip it over to Steph Curry. I know that's the number one storyline people are curious about guy who's averaging 31 points in the finals what's he shooting 49 percent from three i think he's the only player in finals history right to make five or more threes in three straight finals games so steph can only do so much of course he can go to another level i think especially folks are curious did maybe steve kerr pull him out too early he had it rolling in that third quarter with 15 points did he maybe take him out too early instead of letting him play the fourth What's the word kind of on Steph's status that you're getting, and what else offensively can Golden State do? Because right now, or is it maybe more on the defensive end? They're having such a tough time keeping Boston in front of them, too. Yeah, you know, as far as Curry is concerned, we got a chance to talk uh, with Steve Kerr and Clay Thompson yesterday, and uh, they did not practice yesterday. So it's the only time in the entire finals where there's not two days between games, only one day between games three and four which is unfortunate, you know, for Curry. He'd love to have that extra 24 hours to work on his foot and ankle. But the good news is they had a shoot-around today. Uh, I checked back with the Warriors about an hour ago. I think you've probably seen some highlights over on ESPN or maybe on social media of Steph Curry taking shots by all indications. Uh, he looked pretty good. I didn't notice, you know, any limping or wincing. And when I checked back with the Warriors, I was told he did everything as normal. So, I don't know what that means from pain tolerance um, or if he's, you know, in any way less than what he normally would be at this time of year. But all indications I'm getting are that he's good to go for whatever that means. So that's good news uh, for Golden State. And to kind of, you know, add on to, uh, you know, the question that you had asked, you know, he's he's doing his part. There's no doubt about that. He's going to need some help. Uh, Clay Thompson seemed to break out of his slump a little bit in game three after a slow start. Uh, but he hasn't been able to carry that over from game to game. So they're going to need Clay Thompson. And I think you're right at the end when you said about defense. They're going to have to switch it up a little bit. Uh, they, time and time again, the Marcus Smarts, the Jason Tatums, the Jalen Browns, their action would be on the three point line to back up on a defender that they, you know, had a good switch onto and just make a run. And they had clear lanes. They killed them in the paint. Um, and then when they didn't and they missed shots, uh, they couldn't get the rebound. They didn't box out. And second-chance points, you know, was a crusher for Golden State. And ironically, it was on one of those loose balls that Steph Curry got injured on. So 
They're going to have to do a much better job. Draymond Green has to bring something to the offense. And Jordan Poole off the bench, um, who we saw a little bit of signs in game two, not much in one and three. You know, he's a big reason for why they're here in the in these finals this year. And I know he's a young guy, but Jordan Poole's got to be able to, to come through on the offensive end and give him a little bit of defense, too. Yeah, that's a guy who, you think about the first three rounds of the playoffs, was averaging right around, what, 20 points per game and shooting it so well from three-point range. He's below 10 points per in this series on, I think, 41% shooting. So they need more out of him. And you figure Wiggins will have to do something as well. Speaking again with Mark Kestesher, the radio play-by-play voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. Game 4 is tonight at 8 o'clock Central Time. You can get pregame coverage right here on 100.3 FM ESPN Radio New Orleans at 7 for the one-hour pregame show. We were talking about what the Warriors have not done defensively. Meanwhile, you look at the Celtics. And the activity you mentioned of Williams, defensively, what they've done to Golden State, Mark, in this series in the fourth quarter has been remarkable. They outscored them 40-16 in Game 1, 23-11 in Game 3. Those 11 points I mentioned earlier, fewest since, I think, that first quarter of Game 6 of the 2016 Finals against the Cavaliers. Defensively, with your what you're seeing from Boston right now, I mean, is this peak... NBA defense in this current time with how athletic these guys are, how rangy they are, the shot blocking, it seems like it's all come together between Brown and Tatum and Smart and their dedication on that end of the floor as well. Yeah, that's a perfect description of where we are in NBA 2022 and where we've been going, you know, for the last five to eight, maybe for the last decade of, you know, positionless basketball, which, uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors were right at the height of bringing that in here. And so on the defensive end, when you could switch everything, when you have a guy like Marcus Smart, who you've handed the keys to as the point guard, and can be a guy who can defend your point guard and who can defend your center, and Al Horford, you know, and Robert Williams, who can guard your center and guard your point guard out of the perimeter and recover and get from end to end, side to side, and block a shot too. I mean, you're right. It is peak of what this iteration of the NBA has become. They're incredibly long, they're incredibly athletic, high IQ, and at times have made the Warriors look small and old. And that's what we saw in Game 3. And we know that's not with the predominance of what this series is, but it was in Game 3, and that's why it had to be so frustrating for Steve Kerr, because he knows his team is better than that. Um, You know, I was talking to Doris Burke a short time ago, and we're going over you know, our, our pregame duties and how we're going to open up the show. So I, I, I don't want to steal her stuff, but I'm going to steal her <laughs> stuff. <laughs> she, 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 she's, a pretty, she's a pretty good one to steal from. She, yeah, she's very astute. And, you know, basically uh, she talked about the drop coverage that the Celtics have played on Steph Curry, and we have gotten on them about that. It's like, why would you play drop coverage on Steph Curry, who's as lethal or the most lethal shooter of our time and of all time in NBA history, and her point to me was a good one. She's like, all right, so you got a choice here. You can play drop coverage and allow him to dribble and shoot off the dribble, or you can let him do what the Warriors normally do, is Steph will pass the ball, he'll run around the court, he'll lose his defender, he'll catch a pass, and he's in complete motion that he's used to, falling through the air, side to side, whatever, square to the basket, shoot the three. So take your, take your, uh, your poison here. You want him in that comfortable position, pass, run around, receive a pass in a relocated spot where, you know, he shoots it incredibly well, or, you know, make him shoot off the dribble where he's still effective, but, you know, not as effective. So I'm buying into that theory a little bit that, you know, that, that, that is a conscious decision by Ime Adoka and the Celtics to go into drop coverage. And, um, you know, I think that has benefited. Uh, the the Boston Celtics so far will they get will they have to pay for it at some point in the series we'll find out but I'm not sure if it's their adjustment tonight because that's what we've seen throughout this whole NBA postseason the losing team has come out with major force <laughs> and we're like how can one team win one game by 12 the next day lose by 19 the next day we win by 16 I mean that's what we've had here for the last month to six weeks and so I fully expect it tonight and in a big spot because we know only one team has come back from a 3-1 deficit in NBA Finals history, and to the unfortunate state of Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, it was them that blew it against Cleveland back in 2016. 
Mark, uh, one more quick one for you. First finals game at TD Garden the other night since June of 2010. As a play-by-play guy, for me, it's certainly on the bucket list to, A, call a finals, and you're fortunate enough to call your six, but to call a finals game in that building would be pretty cool. Just tell me about how electric it was and what the environment was like for you with that headset on. Yeah, it was, and we talked about this at our little team dinner last night. Uh, Someone said to me, was that the loudest crowd you've ever heard in a finals and even if I wasn't in Chicago you know I've talked to people during the Jordan era and maybe the old building in the first three championships versus the new building at United Center uh, Utah the old Delta Center which I think is the same building they've just renamed it a few times since well I've done enough games in Utah where it's you know you're on top of the court that is a very steep set of stairs and it just feels like the, it's a wall of noise to me that's the loudest and I was never in Seattle, but I'm told that's a loud building too. Uh, but the the Boston Celtics, holy mackerel, yeah, that TD Garden was electric. It was a, it was great at the start. It was even better in the fourth quarter. I anticipate it being just as hostile, just as loud, just as hot tonight. Uh, it's it's still a fan base that lives and breathes and dies with all its teams, including the Celtics. And I know there are teams that have never won a championship or maybe like the Bucks last year hadn't won one in 50 years. It's only been since 2008. But in Boston Celtics fans' years, that might as well be 108 years. <laughs> uh, they, they are incredibly passionate, and it was, it was incredibly loud. I'm just so glad that I had headsets on because um, Monica McNutt, who's our sideline reporter, I don't think it was a true – a meter of noise, decibel counter, but apparently you can get those on your phone now in an app form, and she said it was over 100. Didn't quite get to jet engine level, but it was definitely in triple digits. That is Mark Kestetcher, radio play-by-play voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. Mark, appreciate you joining me, man. Have a great call tonight, and uh, hopefully you uh, get another great one. Appreciate it, Jack. Have a great rest of your show. All right. Thanks so much. Again, you can catch Mark along with Doris Burke, Monica McNutt on the call, 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage at 7 with Kevin Winter and Roz Golden Woody right here on ESPN Radio New Orleans. The Sports Hangover. We'll take a quick break. Come back and wrap things up here on this Friday. Hope you're enjoying it on the Sports Hangover. Jack Benjamin in for Gus Catgill. Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers can show you more diamonds in one place at one time than has ever been seen in Louisiana. We have big diamonds and we're knee-deep in engagement rings. Let that twinkle in her eye become the twinkle on her finger. Or a twinkle that lies softly on her chest, rising and falling with every breath she takes. She's talking about a diamond pendant holding a big anniversary diamond. Give her a diamond that shatters the air with knives of bright light. Knives of bright light? That's good. Did you just make that up? Yeah, I just made that up, but you've seen it, right? Of course I have. I've just never heard it described like that. Buy her a big anniversary diamond. A big anniversary diamond is a diamond at least twice as big as the one in her engagement ring. Because you love her twice as much as the day you married her. Big is good. Always good. When you wear a diamond from Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers, you glitter when you walk. Did you just make that up? No, I read it in a poem. You read poems? Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers is the largest diamond store in Louisiana. On veterans between Bonneville and West End and Metairie. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. It's Gus Kattengell with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or Bienview on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams. You'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Well, let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Well, I'm getting the hang of this thing 
It's taken me a couple hours, unfortunately. Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengell here on this Friday. I uh, wish I could have gotten us some calls. Um, hopefully we will uh, get to that on Monday when I'm uh, back here, but it uh, it does fly. Gus warned me that the time would fly, and when you have guests on, that uh, things are going to move fast, and uh, boy, it did. So uh, there is a, uh, a whole lot we didn't get to get to that's available to uh, chat about on Monday as well. One of the things that I found hilarious, too, uh, Jordan and I didn't discuss this earlier. We've talked about Draymond Green and the podcast that he's got, and he's breaking down every finals game, and how people are giving him some, you know what, because of his performance so far in the finals, 15 points and 15 fouls in three finals games. Those are numbers that have never been seen in the history of the finals in terms of uh, that that point to foul and minute ratio, however you want to put it. So you got C.J. McCollum of the Pelicans, who's a contributor to these playoffs on ESPN Radio. He mentions that this is via Chris Haynes of uh, Turner Sports and Yahoo Sports. C.J. says to Draymond that he picked Boston to win game three, and he picked Golden State to win game four, but he's got the Celtics winning the finals. Draymond responds to him saying, that's fine. Those Celtics will still be ringless just like you. Respect. (laughs) Draymond Green is a character. As I mentioned, you can do all the talking in the world you want when you win games and when you perform. And this is a guy, and you can say whatever you want. I know Charles Barkley coined the, the triple single phrase and his stat line and what he hasn't done in this finals, that's a guy who's as good a defender as maybe there's ever been in this league. I won't go as far as to say he's the best defender. That's a debate we can maybe have next week as well. But this is a guy who's as elite as they come. He has to lead and anchor that Golden State defense tonight if they want any chance. Again, Game 4 coming up, 8 o'clock Central Time with tip pregame at 7. We heard from Mark Kestacher's call in the NBA Finals for ESPN Radio. Had some great takes on what Golden State has to do to flip the script here uh, tonight and even up the series headed back to San Francisco. Boston take that commanding 3-1 lead, which only one team has overcome the Cavaliers in 2016 against, yep, the Golden State Warriors. Well, next week is a big week for the Saints. We mentioned mandatory minicamp Tuesday and Wednesday open to the public. So uh, get out there and check out the team. See uh, what you're thinking. Check out the position groups, the battles. Monday I'll uh, want to hear from you on uh, what your take is on uh, who has impressed so far throughout OTAs, what you're most looking forward to during the mandatory minicamp, and then Thursday will be closed to the public as well. A uh, big, big thanks to everyone involved here at uh, ESPN Radio New Orleans. Big thanks to Gus Kattengell for letting me uh, fill in here on this Friday. Buddy Miller working the dials. Jordan Kleber riding shotgun. Jerry Truck just clear as well for all of them and more. Jack Benjamin saying so long once again. This has been the Sports Hangover here on ESPN Radio New Orleans. Coming up next, we got after further review with Matt Moscona whole lot more that he'll dive into. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Hope it's not uh, too tough for you weather-wise. We'll talk to you next week. Woke up this morning.